Welcome, and uh, my name is Pastor Josh. It's good to see everybody. Um, what I want to do tonight is, first of all, just remind you that the reason why we're here is because the, the world really doesn't help us at all to remember what Easter is all about. And while Resurrection Sunday is the climax of our celebration as Christians, uh, what gives resurrection so much meaning is what Jesus accomplished on the cross on that Good Friday. And what I want to do is read some scriptures to you. They're all going to be up on the screen. And I just want you to listen to these scriptures. I'm going to read an Old Testament passage from the Day of Atonement in Leviticus. And then I'm going to read about Jesus when he was on the cross and he died. And then I'm going to read a passage from Hebrews. So just meditate with me, worship, enjoy, and, uh, and let us remember our Savior and our Lord as I seek to glorify him tonight. Leviticus chapter 16, I'm just going to read bits and pieces of this chapter. It's central to the book of Leviticus. And I'm going to start in verse 6. It says, Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. Then he shall take the two goats and set them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for Azazel. And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord and use it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement over it, that it may be sent away into the wilderness of Azazel. Skipping down to verse 16. Thus he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleannesses of the people of Israel and because of their transgressions and all their sins. And so he shall do for the tent of meeting which dwells with them in the midst of their uncleannesses. No one may be in the tent of meeting from the time he enters to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out and has made atonement for himself and for his house and for all the assembly of Israel. Then he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it and shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. And he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with its fingers seven times and cleanse it and consecrate it from the uncleannesses of the people of Israel. And when he has made an end of atonement for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall present the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all of the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins. And he shall put them on the head of the goat, send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in readiness. And the goat shall bear all the iniquities on itself to, re to a remote area, and he shall let the goat go free in the wilderness. Skipping again in the same chapter to verse 29. And it shall be a statute to you forever that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict yourselves and shall do no work, either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. For on this day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse you. You shall be clean before the Lord from all your sins. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest to you, and you shall afflict yourselves. It is a statute forever. We move from the Day of Atonement to Good Friday in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 45. The death of our Lord is described here. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, 
That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling to Elijah. And one of them at, at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and he yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 and following, it says, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. When I was a kid, growing up and going to church, like over three billion Christians, we called Friday Good Friday, and I wondered why it was called Good Friday. It didn't seem like a Good Friday. We talked about as evangelicals in a white suburban community about the blood that was spilled and we sang songs about being washed by the blood of Jesus because he bled on Friday and his blood came down the cross and we went to all the graphic detail of it and then we called it Good Friday at the end and for me as a kid, I mean, maybe I was dumb, maybe I was from Oklahoma, but it just didn't seem like an apt description of what the day should be called or the day should be remembered. It doesn't seem very good, does it? The Son of God on a cross, yielding up his spirit, being mocked, being spat upon with a false and a mocking crown of thorns with pressed so hard into his skull that the blood comes trickling down. I mean, if you ask me, hey, Josh, what are you going to call that? I'm going to call it a bad Friday, not a good Friday. But the truth is, is that based on the scriptures I just took the time to read to you, it really is a good Friday. And it really was. The first set of passages from the book of Leviticus I read to you was an event called the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement was something that the nation of Israel celebrated annually once a year. And the whole purpose of the Day of Atonement was to atone for the sins through blood sacrifices. The elements, or the things that you needed to do the Day of Atonement, was several. First of all, the first element, maybe the most important element of the Day of Atonement, was the tabernacle. 
And the tabernacle was like this tent, and it had three sections. And basically, all you got to think about when you think about the t- tabernacles, think about curtains and walls and dividers and things that separate. And you've got the outer courtyard where most people were allowed. And then you've got the holy place, which was the next level beyond a wall. And then you've got the most holy place, or what you might remember or have heard is the holy of holies. And the only time anybody could get all the way into the Holy of Holies, into the inside of the curtain of the inside of the curtain of the inside of the curtain, was the high priest could go in there once a year, and he would take blood, and he would put it on that mercy seat of that Ark of the Covenant. Think about Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Ark of the Covenant. And he would take the blood, and he would take it in there. And that tabernacle was the place where God's presence dwelt. It was the only place that God's presence could dwell because it was the only place that was so-called holy. It reminded everybody, it reminded Israel, it reminded humanity that there is a vast separation between human beings and God and God's presence. There's a vast difference between humans and their sin and the holiness of God. And it reminded people and it reminds us still today, because it's profitable, that God takes sin very seriously. It still cries out to some of you who are in your sin right now and you've rebelled against God and you are wallowing in it and in the name of grace or in the name of cheap grace you continue to sin and you continue to think that God doesn't take sin seriously and he does. The second element of the Day of Atonement was the high priest. And the high priest had two sets of clothes. We read about one set of clothes. He had a humble set of clothes that he, when he went into the Holy of Holies, he would wear cheap linen, which was the clothes, the humble clothes of slaves. As a pastor, people have come to me before and they said, you should dress up more when you preach. You're in the presence of God. Why don't you wear, why don't you wear something that's appropriate for the, to revere God? And the truth is, is that when priests, when the high priest went before the God, they didn't dress up. They dressed down to emphasize their humility before a holy God. Because the high priest was saying to God in his humble, cheap linen clothes, his slave clothes, I have nothing to offer here. I am unholy, coming in the presence of a holy God. And this high priest representing humanity, representing Israel, would go into the holy of holies and would take blood and would put it on the mercy seat. In fact, the only time that the high priest wore fancy clothes was when he went before the people on behalf of God. And that's when he would put on the diamonds and he would have the hat and the ephod and the, and the umim and the thumen and all the fancy high priest clothes. But in the Holy of Holies, he wore cheap linen. And it says here that Aaron would wear cheap linen as he went into the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle to make atonement for the sins of the people. The third element of the Day of Atonement was a goat for blood. And they would take a goat, an unblemished goat, and they would would slice its neck and catch its blood in a basin. And they would take that blood because the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And every year... Same routine, high priest would take that blood and he would go and he would go into the Holy of Holies with that blood. The fourth element 
of the Day of Atonement was the escape goat. And some lucky goat would get hands laid upon it and it would go out into the wilderness and it's interesting because in the book of Leviticus it says it would go out into the, into the wilderness of Azazel and most scholars the most popular interpretation of Azazel is that there was a demon by the name of Azazel out in the wilderness and wilderness represented demons and Satan and evil and what they would do is they would lay their hands and lay the sins on the escape goat and they would take it out and they would give it to Azazel which was not as a ransom but to say sin goes back to evil sin goes back where it belongs to the wilderness to nothingness to Satan sin goes back and again this is a reminder that every time we sin and every single one of you that rebelliously and stubbornly walks in sin do you know that you are walking in demonic power and darkness that you are walking into the game of Satan and every year they would bring all their sin and they would go, we want to go back to Satan. We don't want to take it. We want to give it back to the demons. We want to give it back to Azazel. And the Day of Atonement happened every single year they had to do this. Every single year they were reminded of the permanence of sin. Every single year they were reminded that they were separated from God. Every single year they were reminded that they were dependent upon a high priest and all this activity and all this ritual and all this detail and all of this tabernacle and later on the temple. They had to do it every year. But ultimately, the Bible says that this Day of Atonement prefigures the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It is a type. It is a type and a prediction of our Savior and our Messiah. And when you come to Good Friday and you come to the Gospel of Matthew, what you find is you find four elements of Good Friday. The first element of Good Friday is you have a tabernacle and you have a temple. And the tabernacle and the temple is Jesus Christ. He is the place where the presence of God dwells perfectly in full glory. He represents and has within himself. He is the Holy of Holies. He is the Ark of the Covenant. He is the mercy seat. He is the temple. He is the tabernacle. And he said to the Pharisees and he said to the Jewish people who celebrated annually the Day of Atonement, he said, when you're looking at me, you destroy this temple and in three days I will rise it up because he was saying, I am the temple. And now if you're going to experience God, you're going to experience it in me. I am the location. The second element that is there on Good Friday is that you have a high priest. And Jesus is the high priest. Jesus says, I am the high priest. And you know what he did? He took off his fancy high priest clothes that he used to represent God to humanity. And he put on humble linen. He put on the clothes of a slave. He became a human being. The eternal son of God came into this world. And he put on linen. And he went to the cross. And they took off all his clothes. And all that was there before God representing humanity as our high priest was complete nakedness, complete shame. Because he took it all on himself on the cross. He is our high priest. And you don't need any other priest except for Jesus. The third element of Good Friday is you have a blood sacrifice. And Jesus is the blood sacrifice. 
He is the unblemished goat. He is the unblemished, perfect Lamb of God. John the Baptist said, look, here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And there he was, and he was the blood sacrifice for our sins. And all who believe in him, he is the blood sacrifice for our sins. And then finally, there's a fourth element to Good Friday, and that is the escape goat. And Jesus is the escape goat. Because when he was buried, he was putting into that tomb forever, once and for all, our sins, forever thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, forever thrown it back into the wilderness. He took it, and some scholars even say, which I won't get into it right now, praise God. But some scholars even say that he went down into hell. The ultimate wilderness, the ultimate place of Azazel. The ultimate place of demons. And he took our sin and he took your sin and he said, It's thrown forever in the sea of forgetfulness. And as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sins from you. Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's why it's Good Friday. Because Jesus on the cross did all of that. He's our high priest. He's our blood sacrifice. He's our scapegoat. He's our temple and tabernacle. We can go and we can experience the presence of God all the time in the name of Christ. We can talk to God and experience God and have fellowship with God and have communion with God and have him take away our sin and forgive our sin. And there's only a few differences between the Day of Atonement and Good Friday. Let me tell you quickly what they are. Number one, the Day of of atonement reminded people of the permanence of sin, but Good Friday reminds us of the permanence of forgiveness. And you need to know that your sins are forgiven, that there is no separation, that there is There is no obligation that Jesus took it away once and for all. And that's what that Hebrews passage talks about. He took away our sin once and for all. The second thing, that reminds me of the second thing. The second thing is this, is that the day of atonement reminded people of the constant separation between them and God. There was always a curtain. There was always a wall. There was always a barrier between them and God. No matter how perfect their sacrifice was, that tabernacle remained there. That temple and that curtain remained there. But as Matthew says, you saw it. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. What that means is that forever there would never be any separation between us and God through Jesus Christ. It is Good Friday. And you have to ask yourself a question. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Is he your atonement? And you know, you saw, you heard in that Leviticus passage, it says that people were to afflict themselves. But Hebrews gives us a new application to Good Friday. He says in chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 19, he says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And what we're going to do right now is we are going to remember and celebrate Good Friday. And we're going to remember the gospel that when Jesus died, he took all of our sins. And I want to ask you, do you have chronic sin in your life right now that you need freedom from? What do you need to put on to Jesus to take away from you? Are you a believer or an unbeliever? Is it time for you? Maybe you've never crossed the line of faith. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've, you've thought that you could never be in the presence of God. Maybe you thought you would always be condemned. Remember that because of Jesus and his work on the cross, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you can celebrate with us. But what I'm going to do is open up these tables, and we're going to take communion, and we're going to remember that Jesus became the fulfillment of the tabernacle, that Jesus became the fulfillment of blood sacrifice, that Jesus became the fulfillment of our escape clause from sin, that Jesus is our high priest. And he said to remember him and to take this meal often, and so that's what we're going to do. And so what I'm going to do is open up these tables, and it's open to anyone who says, Jesus is my way to God. Jesus is my high priest. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. If you haven't gotten to that place in your life and you're still investigating, then I ask you to stay where you are and just to worship with us. We're glad you're here. We want you to watch us to take and celebrate and remember. But if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, we've got two tables open, one here and one in the back. So those of you who are at the halfway mark, which you're just going to have to guess. You go to the back table, and those of you who are on the front, you come to the front table. We're going to go down the center aisles, and then when you're going back to your seat, go on the outside back to your seat. So that way, see, it's a circle, circle of life, baby, see? But what I'm going to do is just pray, and I'm just going to ask God to forgive us of our sins and to remind us and to give us full assurance that Jesus paid it all, that he paid the full price, and I just ask you to remember him with us. And to celebrate him. So let, let's pray right now as we go before God. Lord Jesus, I pray over uh, these elements and over our congregation and over those who are here today. And God, we're so th- grateful that our sins now have been paid for once and for all. Lord Jesus, we remember you and we confess our sin. We see here, as we remember the death of Jesus, we, we see how serious you take sin. And we just pray for not only forgiveness, but freedom. And, and Jesus, we pray that you'll help us to love you and that you will increase our infections for you. And, and God, that our relationship with you will become more real, not less real as time goes by. Maybe you could use this mill as a step in that direction. And God, as a church, we ask for your forgiveness. We know that we are far from perfect. But we're so grateful that we have the gospel and the word and community and that we're walking in your grace and forgiveness. And we're so grateful that there's no condemnation for us because we've believed in Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And we thank you that 
that in a world of complexity, you've given us this simple message of bread and wine, body and blood. And we thank you that you just ask us to surrender. Help us to do it, Holy Spirit.